0: live and there we go good afternoon everyone bc here of course and thank you for joining this 144th episode of the bc motor tech tuesday yes that's 144 episodes back to back uninterrupted no matter what it was sleet rain hail snow it doesn't matter but um Speaking of weather conditions, it's quite warm now. And for those of you on YouTube, thank you so much for joining me as well. And if you here on Instagram haven't joined the Bisimoto YouTube page, please do. It's Bisimoto, D-I-S-S-I-M-O-T-O, on Instagram. Hello, follow-up. Good seeing you. Fonz1226, thank you for congratulating me on episode 144. Slandy Boy, good afternoon. And for those of you on podcast, thank you so much. Whether you're walking the dog, using the loo, at home, working, which, taking a break, or whatever activities you may be performing during these strange times in our century. Currently watching you while taking a dump, says Mig. Hey, that's it. Yeah, using a the loo. There you go. Thank you so much. RS Chiman, good seeing you as well. I am doing fantastic, except, as you see, there are a couple of fans running here. I have a good friend and client back there working on his white Porsche, and it's very, very warm. We have the forecast of 109 degrees Fahrenheit here in Southern California, here in Ontario, which is pretty crazy. Good afternoon, DW, and thanks for the kind words as well. Hello, Uparse 24 good afternoon, good seeing you. Zuffenhausen, hello, brother, can't wait to your next event, which is going to be fantastic. For those of you who have not participated in the Zuffenhausen event, it usually occurs in Southern California. It's a great automotive mecca for everything Porsche, both water cooled and air cooled, both modified and factory. Really the place to be if you love everything from Stuttgart. So thank you so much. There's the stream. Wonder where it was, says Kovalt. Forgive me. It's been quite interesting. We've been quite busy. The facility here is jam-packed. It's really crazy. You can see cars behind me here. There's an Audi there and a Porsche 997 there and a Mercedes-Benz here, which is leaving today, which is good. San Diego's in the house. Sacramento as well, courtesy of Drew B. Life and Rawlins Kitchen in reverse respective nature. Wife is from Ontario, says, doing LBM things. Next to Ontario, yes, it's warm out here, sir. E92 William, I hope you're doing great too. It's mister Did That DidThat4100, greetings, good seeing you, thanks for joining. Shades of 2K, so much love today, thank you so much. So guys, I wanna show you something really quick before I get into the meat and potatoes of what we're gonna talk about today. Thank you so much, Deep Wells, full sales courtesy of Spokane, Washington, not too far away from Kent, Washington, where there's a nice drag strip, which I like so much. Ah, old parties went winning hat today. Thank you very much for representing, you know. Um, How much do you think a 987S price is gonna hold, BC? I think it's gonna go down slightly because of what's going on with COVID. I'm seeing prices of Porsches dipping slightly. And a 987S is really nice because it is a very tunable application. So I love those, which is pretty nice. Sweezer from Jacksonville, Florida, coming in hot. Thank you so much. Hopefully your climate's out there. I think you guys are having a storm or something. So you saw me reach down. I want to show you this relic. Last week, um, I was in the garage at home and I showed you guys this crazy tuning device I had, which was consisting of a narrow band um, sensor that I used to use to tune years ago. But this, I want to show you this. This is weird, right? You're like, what is this right here? This is the first I mean it, guys, the very first cam gear made by AEM. The very first one. So John Conciotti gave me this eons ago for my D-Series. It's the very first one. It even has markings that JC himself, the owner, put on this. Those are dots he put himself. And then I followed up with some markings for where I made the most power. But this is the first cam gear ever. And you can see the belt. You can see the little belt notches here. You guys on YouTube can see that as well. So I have these crazy belt notching things going on, and we found out very quickly that without hardening the outer part of the cam gear, it tends to erode the aluminum. So that prompted all of us to design cam gears that were resilient to belt wear. So by using like a hard anodized finish or titanium type finish, which is pretty crazy, but first cam gear ever made for a Honda, ever made from AEM. So they used to have the factory ones that were cut out and modified. I think JG did that, and AEM followed suit. But this is the first aluminum one you know what up bro do you remember steam chassis says that blanca q60 rs yes i do as a matter of fact i'm gonna show you guys something i'm gonna flip the camera around right here for those on youtube see the van is right there right well next to the van in that, that car right there with the um you can see right there forgive me on youtube that car right there with the parachute that is my insight and that was actually put together by steam chassis how cool is that Love what you do, says Bulak. thank you so much. I love doing what I do, you know? So Ellis Herbert's O2 is asking a great question. She said, why did you ruin that flat-nosed Porsche, which is this right here, by making it electric? And he gives me the perfect segue to what I want to talk about today because not only did I put one hole in the hood, I put two, and there's for a reason for that. But first, let's talk about how I ruined the 935. So, I actually save this car. This vehicle was rotting away in Palm Springs, in the garage of the father of a very good friend, now a good friend, called Ron Palmer, the president of the Porsche Owners Club in Southern California. So, car was there, his girlfriend wanted initially as a race car, but wanted something newer like a 993. So it existed there initially as a car that would never, was going to see the track or street again. So, I am a huge advocate of the beauty of classic cars. I love the old 935s, the boxy look of that Group 5 era. I just love it. Whether it's BMW or Porsche or Mazda or Nissan, I just love that boxy fiberglass look. Hello, 911 Motorsport. Talking about how I ruined the 935 because someone asked me about that. But I'm not an advocate of old technology. Now, did you know that Porsche himself, his very first car, one of his first cars was electric. So if Ferdinand Porsche was alive today, he'd be very impressed with the fact that I was able to combine the futuristic appeal of an electric motor to the beauty of a classic racing heritage 935. Now, it gets more interesting than that. Do you know that everything that we love from back in the day in this era of 935s, the twin turbos, the wastegates, the turbo placement, all of that was what engineers did to think out of the box in the 80s and 90s to win races. So I'm just taking that what is Porsche and making it even more Porsche, which takes technology. Guess what? I finally have a Porsche 930, 935 that doesn't leak. (laughs) It doesn't, right? And above and beyond that, even though I'm an engineer, I am an enthusiast first. And what does that mean? I want to go fast, and I want to do that speed opportunity without being detrimental to the environment. I always, I showed you the van a moment ago. The wagon, all these cars, I always had this weird guilt about building cars and driving them, having fun, shooting flames, but hurting the environment. So I quickly changed a majority of my cars to ethanol-based fuels to have a cleaner exhaust opportunity. But now with EVs being fast and being able to combine the two and do all this great stuff, it's a, it's a match made in heaven. I get to retain the beauty of a classic 911. When you sit in this car, it smells and feels like an old Porsche. But when you step on the pedal, which is, by the way, a factory, factory Porsche pedal, you step on it, and this thing accelerates like, unlike anything I've ever built. Faster than my blue IROC Porsche, faster than a Van, faster than anything I've ever built. This thing is absolutely amazing. So, did I ruin this car? No, I did not, sir. I saved this vehicle. Thank you so much, Type Function. I saved it, you know. alex 246 says Tesla's working on a solid-state battery, which is very exciting. have yeah, quite a few companies. Um, Samsung SDI is doing that. Um, my friends from LG camera are doing it yeah it's gonna be an exciting time we barely scratched the surface in terms of cell technology you know and Kevin drove it himself he said so basically it wants to kill you he's right the car wants to kill you so it's a beautiful car and in California where we are so I'm telling you this chassis if I had a petrol engine in it it would not be legal but guess what how it sits now it's 100% legal in 50 states in the United States including California which is very strict so I get to have fun fast and it's amazing. And that brings me to why I put another hole in the hood. Not too long ago, I had the opportunity to participate in a crazy run. My setup right now has about 32 kilowatt hours of energy in battery packs, that is. And if I keep my foot out of it with full regen, I can eke up to 180 miles. Better than my Viper with a full tank. My Viper is like 120 miles with a full tank. I can eke out. When I have fun, I'm closer to 140 miles, okay, before I have to charge it again. When I charge by level one charging, it is so slow. Oh my God, it's disgusting. It takes me—if it's to say, let's say I'm four percent state of charge, and I want to get to ninety-five state of charge percent. So hot here. It takes me fifteen hours. It's so annoying. It just it sits there. So I have fun, right? Hundred miles plus, having a having a blast, and I have to wait fifteen hours to charge again. That was annoying. So. I talk to you guys about this opportunity which I'll get into very soon I go to a level 2 charger which I have a level 2 charger here right there right which is pretty nice um, the level 2 charger takes 220 240 volts I have one in my house now courtesy of the guys from blink I have one here in the office over there in the corner and you know what's really key I can get a full charge level 2 charge in about eight eight and a half hours and I'm back to normal again. but that's still eight hours I got weary of that. And Covolt is here. Um, he says 180 miles on 32 kilowatts on a model on a large Model S rear drive unit. That's insane. Those things eat kilowatts. Yes, they are very they soft, but the key is regen. So I use I get up to, you may think this is crazy, 75 kilowatts of regen. So if I oh good story. Sidebar, total sidebar story. I'm in Long Beach. My line is messed up. I'm driving a freeway. I have probably 40 initially when I left, state of charge. I'm on this 57 freeway, I'm down to like 15 state of charge, can I get to the office? At this rate, I would not, but with regen, I was able to go down here, let off, and let the batteries charge back up, and I got here. So the regen, the max regen is a key component for me to be able to get that. If I turn regen off, I'll probably barely get 100 miles. (laughs) barely, barely 100 miles of charge if I turn my regen off, and that's with full charge. Anyway, I digress. Okay, so back to the story. But there's this there's this concept, guys, family. There's this concept with chatimo that allows me to put in as much as 50 kilowatts directly to my batteries without using an onboard charger. So that means I'm not taking AC and an onboard charger converting it to DC and then charging my batteries. I'm going straight DC from the charge station to my batteries. And what does that do? Guess what? Instead of 15 hours, instead of in a half to nine hours. Hello, AJ from Relentless Racing. What do I end up doing? 32 kilowatt hour battery pack, 50 kilowatts capability straight to my batteries. I can get a full charge at 41 minutes. I can get to 80% charge from complete depletion in 30 minutes. By the time I plug in, go grab something to eat and drink or whatever, and come back, I'm fully charged. How awesome is that? To fill up my Odyssey, it takes me about, I time myself, about 13 minutes from when I get out the car to be able to charge it, pay for it and everything, come back in. Now, I have the capability of, guess what? Doing that within 30 minutes and go have fun again. So thank goodness for technology for allowing that. Thank you so much, Mitch Peterson, for pushing me that way. Thank you for Ryan Bessary for helping me wire this up. Thank you so much, Sam, for allowing the fabrication to make this look so pretty. And thank you, Kovolt, for even talking to me about that. We had a good discussion about that digitally, which is great, you know. Do the LG Cam batteries hold up that well over the time with that fast, level of fast charging, Ask our good friends from ElectroBoost. Actually, no. <laughs> so what do I mean by that? Um, I have a D-rate function built into my BMS. So I use an Orion BMS. And what I noticed is that when I put that much charging in, especially on a warm day... My battery temperatures get pretty high very quickly. But I have this algorithm built in this logic built into my BMS to communicate with the charger via CAN to reduce the amount of charge if my temperatures start to run away. If I start getting some thermal increase that's not comfortable, if I start going north of 40 degrees Celsius, it starts pulling back the amount of kilowatts going to the battery and keeps me happy. So that's good. So that being said, I noticed that on cold days, no problem. But on warm days, like today, I would think twice about being able to go full tilt, 50 kilowatts, and it's built into my BMS, it's programmed into controller to be able to communicate via CAN, via can and limit. Now, I see that Kovot made a very good comment here. He said, Chadimo is cool because it's weakly easy to implement, simple CAN protocol. CCS has way more charging stations and higher peak charge rate, but the spec is a nightmare, and Kovot is right. I had an opportunity to talk to um, Andrew, who is the president of... Um, uh, the company that makes EWERT Energy, Andrew EWERT from EWERT Energy, he makes the RIMBMS. And they're working on something very soon to talk to the CCS station via the very complicated protocol, but it's not CAN based. It's very, comp- very complex. And there's some companies that make standalone kits, but they're not super vetted yet. The OEMs have a wrap around that, but for aftermarket like us, it's not there. Chatamo is still very common. So in my area, I have tons of Chatamo stations. Thanks to nissan nissan is now moving away for the leaf moving forward to ccs and the ccs allows for the standard j1772 port to exist with another two small prongs underneath and the great thing about that is that you don't have to drill another hole into your car you don't have to do crazy things as a manufacturer to put more apertures in the vehicle and more wiring is much more cost effective over a scale so it's pretty cool but as a 935 935s typically had three holes in the hood so it's kind of cool to have a couple but I, I like the simplicity of it. It's pretty cool, you know? Can't wait for you to do my K24 Nitro setup. Can't wait. I look forward to OEM in exceeding your expectations. What's the temp limit? My own experience with the massive batteries are forklifts. And the cool down times were pretty long. Well, that's a great question. It depends. I assume with a forklift, like I have, an electric forklift. I have a Yale back there. And mine's electric as well. Um, it uses old lead-acid batteries, though. But it has no sense of cooling at all. So the cool thing about this is i have noticed that the battery temperatures below 20 are not very good for charging so you kind of heat it up but when i start getting north of 40 42 degrees celsius i start pulling back the happy medium is kind of what you and i would feel comfortable with like you know 30 degrees celsius 28 degrees celsius that's a good happy medium there based upon my experience you know ever thought about an on-board charging system as itb kevin yes and it does exist kevin forgive me for not doing a good job in sharing that with you on board right now, which I'm upgrading soon, I have a 1.5 kilowatt charger. So a lot of things a lot of people didn't know, and I didn't know this initially when I got into the EV game, which is fairly recently. And I had a lot of influence from the people from Karma, from the people from EV West, and all these other companies from AEM. That station, that charger that we have on the wall, is not really a charger. It's just a safety device, a safety connection device. The charger is typically on board the car. So in the back of my deck lid, the rear deck lid, there's this amplifier-looking device with a fan on it that is actually my charger, and that charger takes the current or electricity that's AC and converts it to direct current, DC, to charge my batteries. So what we plug in from is just a safety device that communicates with the onboard charger to limit the amount of current going to it, to know when it's safe to come on, to know when it's safe to shut down, and all that fun stuff, you know? HellaFresh91 has a good point. Says, just wanted to say, I'm glad to see the F22 parts pop up for sale on your website. I just ordered F22 cam gear to go with the rest of my BC F22A build. Thank you so much, I love doing that. The F22 is really an underrated engine in the Honda game. We discontinued a lot of products, but due to demand, I brought some back. So I made a limited amount, so if you need some or your friends need some, get it now, because I'm not sure I'll be able to dedicate time to put more out there, so. It's limited. I think we have maybe a dozen left. After that, it's gone. And those are things are selling like hotcakes. <laughs> What's the best way to make more power on a natural aspirated engine for under 30,000? It depends on what engine, but the key thing is airflow. So, I'll give you a 30,000 foot view, which really embraces all types of internal combustion engines that are natural aspirated. Airflow, meaning you don't want to restrict the intake. Head. The head flow has the highest potential for power on a natural engine. Of course, you're using atmospheric pressure to your advantage. So you want to be able to get as much air into the engine with the appropriate amount of fuel to make the power. And that also has to do with the associated parts to support that head. So camshafts, valve train, exhaust manifolds, all that fun stuff. And then compression. I love static compression. And I love using camshafts to improve the dynamic compression as well. Static compression is the numerical number, but dynamics is what actually happens when the engine is in use. So that being said, my D-series that I broke a ton of records with, 18.4-1 to static. My F-series that you just saw the inside not too long ago, 17-1 to one compression. Static compression it is, but I ran big cams to allow me to take full advantage of that and to keep knock at bay. So that being said, intake, flow, you can't restrict it. Head flow, pouring in the head, has the highest potential for power as well associated opportunities to support that headwork being cam shots, valve training, salt systems, and definitely some compression. So that's a very nice high level, you know? Oh, wait, can you explain how region breaks work says dealing Designs? That's great. So once again, as an engineer, I don't want to talk over my audience. I want to be able to have technology appreciated by everyone. So I'll try and make it very basic so everyone can understand. So let's say this cam gear I showed you earlier on, is my electric motor that's in the K3V. Well, my electric motor in there is actually a radio motor, but this looks more like an axial one, right? But anyway, let's say this is a motor. This motor acts as a generation unit and an absorption unit. So, as much as can put out output to be able to move the wheels and car forward with a nice torque ability, It can also reverse and slow down. And as the vehicle is allowed to slow down, it can now act as a generator to charge your batteries. So how regenerative braking works is that you use the motor as a braking system to slow down the drive wheels to then also put energy back into the battery without you using physical brakes, which by the way use friction and heat to slow down the car. by the way, I have stock tech brakes on this vehicle right here. I probably will never, ever, 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 ever have to change it for the length of the car because I use regen like crazy. As a matter of fact, if I'm doing 70 miles an hour, I just let my throttle, and my vehicle, using the electric motor as a way to absorb energy, will just slow down the car to a complete stop. When CSF had a meet not too long ago here in Rancho Cucamonga, which is about a 20-minute drive from here in my office, I am sweating so hard here. I went from Ontario to Rancho without touching my brakes at all, and then I have a protocol which is built into the, my controller as well here, where whenever I, I use regenerative braking, it sends a signal to my PDM, which is the, the, you know, of course, my power distribution module to turn on my brakes. So when regen occurs, my brake lights come out, which is pretty cool, you know. How do you find the point where you need more compression or more aggressive cams, kind of like finding a bottleneck? Now, that's interesting. So I always build cars with the mindset of beginning with the end in mind. And what do I mean by that? I know what power goal that I want, especially reliability being, being paramount, and then I work my way backwards from that. So there's always a diminishing return when it comes to compression and camshafts. You can have a camshaft that's from factory, maybe... 5 to 10 degrees of duration on the intake and exhaust more, and you'll find you'll pick up power everywhere. But you'll notice that if you keep on adding duration and lift and duration and lift to the point where you don't have any detriment to your engine integrity, meaning you don't want to touch your piston and valves, you don't have valve-to-valve valve interference, you don't want to run out of guide, you don't want to destroy your valve train, you'll notice that you get to a point where you stop robbing Peter to pay Paul, meaning you start gaining top-end power at the sacrifice of low-end torque. What is the perfect example? The Insight right there, my drag car. My lift was about 600 lift in terms of inches, 0. 0.600. My duration was well into the 290s, okay? Mind your circle is 360, right? I'm 290 on my, cam, on my cam duration. But my car had no bottom end at all. Guys, I mean it. No bottom end. Yes, like Relentless Racing said, AJ, Robin Peter to PayPal. I struggle to get to the staging lane. Like, my car like... Rawr, 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 rawr. On the dyno, when I tune, I have to start my sweep at 5,000 RPMs. You know how most cars you start to sweep at, what, on the dyno pack, I think, like 1,500 RPMs, 1,700 RPMs? If I start my dyno under 4,700, the car would die. It would just Burr, cut off, because I have no bottom end whatsoever. So that's robbing Peter to pay Paul. Now, same thing goes for compression. Now, compression is a little different. You get to diminishing returns, whereby... If you went from nine to one to 10 to one, you see a big gain in power. You can see up to 10% improvement in power across the board. When you go from 10 to 11, you see a nice gain as well. 11 to 12, some gain. 12 to 13, okay, that gain starts getting less. By the time you get from 16 to 17, static compression increase, you're starting to split hairs. In drag racing, every horsepower amount, if I got five horsepower on my 430, 440 to wheel inside, I'm jumping up and down, right? Kevin says, I don't believe it. Let's put it together to prove me wrong. So Kevin, by the way, has been berating me for the past two years to put my inside back together. Oh, forget that I have customers who need my help. Look, my good friend over here is working on his own car. He needs help, you know? Forget that. Guys, I put my own projects on the back burner to take care of my customers. I always felt bad. When I was at the track racing, and that my customers didn't have the opportunity to race, and they're watching me like, oh, that's messed up, you know? Ah, Foxy's eyes says, well, ask Peter, he'll confirm. Yeah, because he got paid, right? <laughs> oh, Rob Peter paid so Oh, Peter got actually job. He got, he got, you know. Me and Drunk can do it. You know, Kevin, you say that. I did some really crazy stuff in that engine, like really crazy stuff. I've been watching the inside, says dealing multiple videos, yeah, that thing was a fun, it was a lot of fun, you know. I feel your pain, same here, says says Ferrari Eater, it's crazy, you know, it really is. Uh, thank you, Lula Fuente, good seeing you, thank you so much, E92 William, I am, so, it is, look at this, I am, so, it is so hot back here, it's ridiculously hot, it's so bad. Hello, B15 driver, good seeing you, you know. You got to go have fun, too, and get so motivated at work. Well, you know what? The cool thing for our eater is that I really enjoy what I do. Um, the team and I were here until I think like about 830 last night and then back here again a little bit before 9 a.m. And we'll probably be here late again, but it, it's great. And with everything going on, COVID, we're being very safe and limiting the amount of people coming to the office. But nonetheless, we're trying to be as safe as possible and continue to develop and create things. And this year is going to be great. Even with SEMA going away, we're still pressing on as if SEMA happening. We're going to have a very exciting excitement, as the, uh, announcement, I should say, as the year progresses, with a very cool project coming to light, which will be very exciting. And that brings me to something else. We talked a lot about charging and EVs and all that good stuff, right? Now, would you like to win a Blink charger? Would you like a level two charger? Hello, Ricky Unfiltered. Ricky, I know you want to win a charger. And you may say, Ricky, wait a minute, what's going on? Um, I don't have an EV car, so why would I want a charger? Well, Ricky, great question in theory. Um, You should get an EV sooner or later, but even if you don't, for your house, EV charging stations actually improve your bottom line. It improves the value of your home, believe it or not. If you put your home out for sale or for rent and you have an EV charger built in, or if you have a shop and you put it there and you end up renting it out, it actually increases the value because you do have this pretty cool device that allows for employees or workers or people who are nearby or the new renting person to have it. So Ben French LA, whose Porsche is right there near this the fab station, says no EV. But Benny, yeah, even for you, if you, with your new home, install this, you win this and you install it, it increases the value of the thing. If you're putting your new facility, I think you have a 86,000 square foot facility out in Arizona, Guess what? You may have employees where that can be a, an attraction for you. Say, hey, I have this great company. We even have charging stations on board, so if you drive to work, you can plug it in while you're working. So it's a great way to retain employees. So, why am I telling you all this? On Sunday, I did a post where you can, all you have to do is go on that post, like PC Moto, which i sure you do, also like Blink Charging, and then just tag two of your friends. And guess what? You're in a drawing to win a free charger. This charger is like $400 plus, and then it comes with like a little cool thing where you can type in something online on the website and get, a, I think, a $200 or $300 credit for charging. It's pretty cool, you know? Okay, I'll put an EV charger for you when you visit. Okay, sounds good. I appreciate that, Ben French LA. So that being, oh, for those of you who don't know Benny, I'm joking with him, right? But he's a very good and bad influence on me, you know? And what I mean by that is, you guys can thank Benny for all of this. See this Porsche here? See that Porsche there? Let's see how many Porsches here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. 21 Porsches here in the, in the facility. And we can all thank Benny for that because Benny's the one who got me into Porsches. He is the one who pushed me to get into it. And without Benny, without Ben French La the Frenchman himself, I would still be working on CRXs. Maybe I wouldn't be here anymore anyway. But thank you, Benny, for being a positive influence on me and allowing me to explore my talents in the Porsche world. I really appreciate that indeed. Yes, R35R13, he's the one. Ben French LA. And now he was kind enough to, he just picked up a 991. He dropped it off here. And I'll put a post on that soon. So we did induction for him, exhaust system, and a flash. So he's going to have a lot of fun. His car's going to be bananas when it's done here, which is pretty nice, you know? Silk Carbs, EV Porsches, BC Models, says DJM, amen, yes, you know. Are you, buddy, says Benny. Benny says that, you know, but, oh, thank you so much, Matthew. Thank you, Porsche Hub, thank you. Um, he says it's all me, but Benny is a very successful man in his own right, and he didn't have to say anything to me. And you know how I talk about being there, being that person you needed when you were younger? I needed more Bennys when I came to America. I needed more people to show me the light, because I was really in my world, my blinders, doing the single cam thing, doing the tuning thing, doing the Honda challenge thing. And he really showed me an opportunity where another market could utilize my expertise. And it's been a great journey ever since. And look at what it's done for me. I was, had the opportunity to get into a video game. So I had the opportunity, right, to get into the EA Need for Speed. And that's because they wanted my Porsche, they put my Porsche in the game, and I was there, they flew me to England twice to film. So I'm in a video game because of a Porsche. Um, I had the opportunity to get on the Jay Leno show. He asked for our Porsches first, the center seat that we did. I had the opportunity to be in a bunch of movies and so on and so forth. Fast and Furious 7, our Porsches in that as well, only because of Porsches. So that being said, Benny really was a very instrumental component, a part of my success. So I appreciate that, you know? Kevin says, HP Tuners, I'm telling you. You know, you said that, and and I may do that because I had a customer coming yesterday who has a CTS-V who needs the BC Motor Touch. And if that's the case, I'm going to be forced to play with HP Tuners. So, Kevin, your, your mindset may come true, you know. Diego24 says, hey, BC, could you say hi? Hello, Diego. Thank you for joining. JDM Regiment UK in the house, courtesy of the United Kingdom. Thank you so much. CA Tune, hello, buddy. Hope you're doing well. It's hot, hot, hot here. CA Tune, Igor, I'm telling you, dude. It's, I'm, look, look at my shirt. It's like wet. Look at, I'm just sweating. Look at, I'm sweating here. I don't, I don't know how... How are you doing back there on the Porsche? Are you dying over there? Are you okay? I don't think you he can hear me. Maybe he passed out. Are you there, sir? Almost done. Almost done. Okay, so he says so. He's underneath the car. <laughs> it's probably so hot down there, you know? So, is all you. You're master of your own destiny. Thank you so much, Benny. But I appreciate, honestly, I know you're being humble, but I really appreciate you pointing me in the right direction. And when I came to America, I needed more people like you, Benny. A lot of people shunned me away, didn't want to help just told me, shut up and drop your car, give me the money. They never wanted to teach me how to do things, and I really wanted to learn. And if not for John Concialdi taking me under his wing from AEM and you, Benny, pointing me in the right direction, my life would've been a little different. Even Reggie Wynn from Turbonetics, he got me to turbocharging. I was a diehard NA head. I was a small displacement, high RPM, high compression guy. Never even thought about turbocharging. And then Reggie pushed me towards that, you know? So it was great, it was really good, you know? Could you do a video putting everything together, measuring everything, says Rod Motorsports? Yes, I can, and I am actually. As a matter of fact, I'm building a pretty bananas car. My old little 987S Cayman, that's on the lift over there. I'm building this bananas engine. So I took out the factory engine, I'm building this engine that's capable of 1,000 horsepower. I'm documenting the whole build. I'm gonna post that up on my my YouTube feed. So if you're not subscribing yet to the Beats YouTube feed, please do. So once again, I talked about EV charging. Please, guys, take advantage of this. On Sunday, here on Instagram, I put up a post where if you like blink charging, like a piece of motor, which I hope you do already, and then you have the opportunity to tag two of your friends, you could win a level two charger, which is amazing. So whether you have an EV or not, grab it, put it up. It's very viable, and you can have a lot of fun with it. It's a beautiful charger. It doesn't look like a dishwasher or a fridge. It really is a cool, nice design. So it's not just ugly, charge. it's quite, quite attractive. And when you finally do go EV, you can have a charger. If you don't, it helps to your property value, which is pretty good. Please, please take advantage of it. Take advantage of it, guys. I will announce the winner a week from today on Tech Tuesday. So you get to see if one of you won, which is pretty nice, you know. Hey, are you going to get any shirt sizes on the site soon? Piggy, DM me what size you need. Maybe I can make it happen. I've been doing a lot of things because um, I've been pulled in so many directions. So I've been doing a lot of things in a very, um, how should I say, limited manner. So let me know what you want, it's good, you know? Is the 986 a good first car? My brother just found out about it and wants one. It is and can be. So the 986, I have one, two, three, four, five of them here. I love 986s. That's what my center seat Porsches are based on. The challenge is if you just want something mild, we have flash tunes for that, no problem, right? But if you want to go really aggressive, it's quite invasive and expensive to add on a standalone. If you wanted something that was a lot more tuner friendly, you should go with a 987 if you can. 987 base or 987S, which is pretty nice, you know? Are you gonna make t-shirts on the K3V, says R35, R13, just for you, sir? Yes. So, let me know what size you are, and I'll try and make a few of those. And I don't know if you remember, I wore that maybe, I'll probably wear it next Tech Tuesday. I wore some not too long ago. Maybe I'll wear one even tomorrow. And why is tomorrow key? FCP Euro is this pretty cool, like just website they have great parts and you can I buy a lot of my Porsche parts from them they're great people and they're based back east and they ship globally and they have all these cool prices on price on parts and even give me a lifetime warranty on parts which is bananas right well I'm gonna do a live video with them tomorrow here in the facility I'll probably wear that shirt for tomorrow it will be at 3 p.m. Pacific 6 p.m. Eastern so please feel free to join the only way you'll see it is if you do go to FCP euro and then follow them and they'll, they'll have an opportunity to be able to see what's going on. Anyway, I'll have that shirt on tomorrow, and that's pretty cool. So we'll have that going on. And FCP Euro, we'll talk about a project. I'll do a walk around of the shop. It's going to be a pretty cool, pretty cool, you know, thing, you know? Kovo said, yes, SCP Euro is fantastic, but too long shipping to the West Coast. East Coast shipping is mega fast, though. Yeah, actually, I ordered for that, um, that crazy little R8 right there, V10 R8. I needed... Um, an oil temperature, oil level sensor, and I ordered it on a Saturday, and I got it here by Tuesday. So that's not bad, you know? Kovold, I you do say that, but I get better pricing with ACP Euro. The prices is pretty freaking good. So, and I got it by Tuesday, so it wasn't bad at all. So I don't know how they do it or what kind of voodoo they have in getting shipping from the East Coast to California in two days, but I got it, they got it to me. It's pretty cool. My pleasure, indeed. Ontario metal polishings in the house. Hello, greatness VQ. My first beast of life. So Ontario metal polishing. They're in Ontario. They polish metals. And so if you see the crazy stuff on, let's say, my, you know that twin turbo crazy 935. They do my polishing. The Odyssey. They did the polishing. The wagon. They did my polishing. The center seats. Those guys are pretty talented and they're very quick too and good pricing too. So thank you on Terrametta Polishing for being there for us, especially during Seaman, we have a crunch, and we have two days to polish things, you make it happen, I appreciate that, you know? Favorite classic power car, if I had to choose one, asks UriParsity24, so this may not fall as classic, but in my eyes it does, first gen Viper, that thing is awesome. <laughs> so I know it's not from the 60s or 70s, not even, you know, earlier than that, but I really love the first gen Viper, pretty cool, you know? No kids! Dentist Salem said, please give it a scoop on that pallet of Tesla motors you're going to utilize. Okay, so here's the deal. I'm going to build a rig, and I'm going to bring you guys along with the ride. Look, I am sweating here. I'm going to build a rig where I'm going to mount these Tesla motors in this enclosure and dyno it. And my goal is to push the limits of the Tesla inverter system. So right now, we have the capability, of course, as you see, a lot of these Tesla motors are maybe a little bit over 400 kilowatts, and... Let's say, let me put a horsepower speak, Closer to 500 horsepower, okay? And they stop at about 15,000 RPM. So I've already pushed them to 18.2, we push them to 630 horsepower, great. But can I push it more? I love fair analysis, which is a very clever way of saying we get to blow stuff up and see how far we can push it. What if can I push it to 20,000 RPMs? Can I get 700 horsepower out of a large sport unit? We will find out. So that's the goal. So my goal is to do fair analysis on those things and see how far we can push, you know? Simu Scott says, finally, I'm able to catch the show live. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that indeed. Thank you so much for joining me this afternoon. Ford Flex owners need you. EcoBoost is 3.5 twin turbo. I believe Max out there is 600 horsepower. Yes, Bergen, you're right. As a matter of fact, I do have a pretty cool cam flash. On the DL, I've had a lot of F-150s come here that we flashed to close to that number. And the guys are like, it's amazing. I shouldn't really do a better job. I, I'm very, I don't self-promote good, or very well. I'm just not good at it. I need to up the ante and let people know what we have the capability of doing, you know? BC, your Red 935, making an EV all drive. What I want to do is the Red 935. I do want to make an EV. By the way, it's not mine. It belongs to Ra Chung. He shipped that vehicle all the way from Europe. It was quite paltry when it came to us. Leaking, very old technology. Had a Hestec ECU which is from the 80s, it had it was DOS-based, a lot of redundancy, a lot of old school stuff. Without even pushing this thing, it made 475 to the wheels on 91, just barely, at like very low boost. And I wanted the client to be come here, so I can push the envelope to 500 plus. And he said, I want EV, so that engine and drivetrain is up for sale if you want it. Gearbox, engine, ECU, harness, everything, boom, you can take it, plug and play, and just have a lot of fun with it. The engine was built to handle up to 850 horsepower, no problem. But in normal trim, you can have fun at 500 plus. And he wants to go EV. So he wants to go two wheel drive, so it'll stay like that. But it's pretty crazy. The weather went up to 118 today in California because it's super high. I am. Look at me. I'm sweating. I'm just. Look at my hand. It's wet. I'm just sweating so much. It's so bananas hot back here. Our, um, it's supposed to be 110 here in Ontario, which is pretty crazy, no? Dakar style EV all wheel drive Porsche. Dealing? I like how you think so let's do this dealing if you're down to do the um turbo fans on that i'm down to build that maybe next year i'm serious i'm down to do it if you're down there work with me on that um for those of you who don't know dealing designs you know the crazy turbo fans are my odyssey and we're also not odyssey i'm sorry on the all-wheel drive wagon and also on the front wheel drive crazy aero car we did for hyundai it was like a, a hybrid vehicle this guy is a master of his craft. He made these beautiful turbo fans on the rear of the wagon it exists. They're beautiful and functional. And the reason why they're on the rear is because it's an all-wheel drive setup. It does a great job at speed of evacuating underneath the vehicle to create a bit of downforce, which is amazing. So thank you so much for being who you are. Heavyfoot94, thanks seeing you. BC, could you talk about OEM ECU reflashing? Sure, Rod Motorsports, I'd be more than happy to. So that being said, Factory ECUs exist and are quite advanced nowadays. Companies put amazing amount of resources, both from an engineering and financial resource, and even partner with companies like Bosch, and Continental, and Keohan, to build these beautiful devices that can control a majority of things and keep your engine safe. As performance enthusiasts, we have noticed that there are opportunities where the manufacturers leave a lot on the table in terms of power while retaining efficiency and also reliability so reflashing allows the opportunity to go into the ECU either directly on the board or via CAN or even via the OBD port to change fuel timing in many cases boost to give you more reliable power and many times it happens in a few seconds sometimes it can happen like on a Dodge diesel take an hour plus to do But it's a very clever way of changing the parameters in your engine ECU to give you more reliable power. And we do quite a bit of that here. So we have Porsches we do that on, we have Hondas we do it on, we have Nissans we do it on, we do it on the Ford F-150, we do it on Raptors, on EcoBoost engines, on EcoBoost Mustangs, we, you know, Subarus, you name it. So we have the capability of doing a variety of cars. And most of those tunings happen right here in the garage. We can just plug you in via our ECU system use WinOLS. OLS, that's my very favorite system on some of the Porsches I do a lot with Cobb, to be able to give you a very proper tuning solution. And of course, each time I flash, I always use a very low noise inverter on your battery. And why do I do that? Because doing flashing, if your battery voltage falls low, uh-huh, you could brick your ECU. And what I mean by bricking? Yeah, literally, you turn your ECU into a brick, where it doesn't start the car, and you have to bind the ECU or tow it to the dealer and get it fixed. So to prevent that from happening, we have even flashed that R10, that V10, R8 right there. That's what we can do. Hello, Roger That he's saying what's poppin' brusky. Just living the life here. Sweating, of course, with my Porsche hub shirt in Southern California, where it's really hot. Amazingly hot, the doors are down and all that fun stuff. But we're having a good time nonetheless. OK, bye, says knowledge is power. Amen, absolutely. And I really don't watch much television. I read every day. Every day I live my life to whereby I can go to sleep a better person than I was the day before. What I knew today, I didn't know yesterday. And tomorrow, I'll know more than today. And that's why I don't really don't mind sharing everything I know, because technology continues to evolve, and I'll continue to have and learn more things. As a matter of fact, this EV project here that I love so much, I knew nothing about EVs about this time last year. I mean it. In July, August last year, I knew nothing about EVs whatsoever. As a matter of fact, I was against EVs. I thought they were stupid. I thought EVs were for tree huggers or people who wear hemp shoes or for just weird, I don't know, what should I, I call them, hippies. Never, even though I could appreciate the technology, I really didn't care for it. But when I noticed when that our OEM partner started going that way and I had the opportunity to have Honda send me um, an Acura NSX to play around with, then my bank manager, good friend David Little, was able to bring his Tesla over and I saw Michael Bream from EV West do a drift in his E36 or E30, yeah, E36 M3. That's converted. I'm like, oh my god, this is this is amazing. And even Ian, he's a voice actor. He has this old school 912 he converted, and it was just so beautiful. I said, you know what? That can be the case. I need to play around with this. And when I built this and drove it, that was it. I, I was hooked. Dealing, aha, I need to learn one new thing a day as well. Not a challenge, comes naturally. Amen, that's good. And as Quibi is asking, Tesla ECU reflashes maybe? So here's a challenge with Tesla. I have a Tesla Roadster over there. I really need to do a review on that and put it on a YouTube page. But the challenge with Tesla reflashing is if I ever get into the factory Tesla and flash it for performance, it will immediately <laughs> alert Tesla because they have these communication opportunities often with their vehicles in the field and they continue to do updates over the air, and i will be frowned upon. The only way to do that is if I was able to disconnect the vehicle from Tesla's over the air update system, then that's a possibility. The only flash that I have now for an EV car that's pretty cool is a Nissan Leaf. Yes, I said Nissan Leaf. The Nissan Leaf, I have flashes that can increase the performance without hurting the battery longevity. So it makes your Nissan Leaf that's a little bit ho-hum into a little bit of a sprite of a car. So that's pretty cool, right? So if you have a Nissan Leaf and need some help, come on down. I'll put your ECU and have some fun with it, you know? Yeah, that one tube guy has serious troubles with that. I don't know who you're speaking of, but if it's someone on YouTube who's done it, I guarantee he will. They don't like that, you know? Corvold, look up Zero even UK. They tested swapped an R35 Skyline and made into a little drift missile. It's fantastic. I'm sure. It's really good. The challenge with the um, Nissan, or the Skyline, converting it is, is quite invasive. So it's not something like a mid-engine or rear-engine where it's easy to just bolt it in. Um, it's actually a vehicle that has to require some fabrication to make that adaptive, you know? Any CRZ flashes? Absolutely, we, can, we have CRZ flashes here. We even did some testing quite a bit for K-Tuner. And we also have CRV flashes. We had the very, 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 very first one from our friends at Honda. So yeah, CR-V, CRZ flashes do exist. And we have the hardware to help you do that you know did he need to come back here yes damon and team do want to come back here from daily doing exotics it's just that with covid now travel is being limited you're the goat says art Mori. i appreciate the kind words thank you so much for the kind words indeed thank you hello rabbi arts good seeing you indeed oh and i need to thank the guys from pure i just nodded down and remember pure all thank you pure all for taking care of my family and allowing them to get sponsorships from you. And hopefully I didn't use the S word in a bad way, but honestly, guys, um, there is an opportunity for you guys to get also sponsor. I'm just, I just have great news today. We have the opportunity to join the feed tomorrow with FCP Euro. We have the opportunity for you to win a level two charger from Blink. And then Piro has a sponsorship going on for those of you have COVID doing cool stuff. If you have the capability of doing some cool videos and helping them with some cool information and giving some feedback, you can write to Pure Oil USA and they will sponsor you. So hit them up. Um, they offer some full-time sponsorships, they offer some partial sponsorships, but they have sponsorships right now going on. Hit them up, let them know I sent you. And they have breaking oils and they have awesome oils. And that's the, Remember that's the oil that I put in my Insight and in gained 12 wheels, amazing stuff. And I use their special blend oil in my transaxle in the EV as well, which is pretty cool, you know moises i wish you could have brought the ev to the fastest car on netflix says moises that would have been very tough because i don't have a time machine (laughs) not to be silly we filmed that with maybe two three years ago and we just finished this car in november last year so that wouldn't be possible as a matter of fact something a lot of people don't know about the fastest car is that i had the opportunity to submit our rear wheel drive converted hyundai santa fe made 1100 horsepower rear wheel drive this crazy looking suv and that's why i submitted and when they came by to take a look at the car, they saw the minivan like, "Oh, we want that!" And I told them, "Guys, it's a front-wheel drive. It doesn't do very well in drag racing, and I can't run slicks." Oh, we want that. It makes for better television. And it made for better television. Of course, it didn't fare very well. Putting a front-wheel drive on street tires with thousand horsepower versus some rear-wheel drive vehicles that run semi slicks. Anyway, youngsters asking, "Youngster323, is SEMA happening this year?" BC, is it true that I can daily drive my K20 with aluminum rods and billet pistons? okay two questions in a row i'll go quickly sema's not happening this year but we're still pushing forward because we still want to showcase some of the crazy things we have coming out of here and believe me guys i'm building two crazy crazy cars this year and then with a k20 yes depending on where you are you can daily a vehicle with aluminum rods and it will rev quickly because aluminum rods are very forgiving and very lightweight fairly cost effective especially for r and so i love aluminum rods if you're in the snow belt um, I wouldn't make it a habit of running it in the snow time because if hot oil hits an aluminum rod that's very cold, it can shatter it. Bear in mind as you use aluminum rods, despite all the advantages, you need to have a very generous piston valve clearance. My piston valve clearance, on a... not piston valve, piston head clearance, I should say. My piston head clearance when I'm building an aluminum ro- um, rod motor is 50000 So instead of 30 to 28 that you may use with a steel rod, 50 to 55 thousand is a very good in the head and what happens is it's almost like a variable compression setup when you start the car up the piston is a little bit have a little bit of a distance from the head so it makes it easier for a starter but as the vehicle warms up the rods extend expand and gets you to a nice better compression I love it so you can I get about 40,000 miles out of an aluminum rod before I say okay maybe inspect it and see what's going on you know How is the Porsche EV steering and brakes modified due to electric powertrain, says Dave356W. Great question, and maybe a good one for me to, to adjourn for the day. So with this vehicle, I built it as a Porsche 935 race car. So race cars, whether you're looking at NASCAR, you're looking at F1, drag racing, a lot of road race cars, even our center seat race cars, all use manual brakes. So they're not boosted, they're not assisted, and that's the same with this. So I have a standard, Willwood would set up with stop-type brakes that's manual. So you may see some individuals who may have driven it to be able to explore like a, a review on it. And they're not people who are accustomed to driving race cars. They're like, oh my God, the brakes are, I don't feel it. Well, because they're manual. They're like a race car. So that being said, this is set up as this. And then the rack is also a very high speed or high, I should say, ratio rack from factory. All these older Porsches never came power steering. So it still has the manual rack as well, and you don't really feel it, even with the larger tires up front, they're still very, very easy. Now, for cars that we're building for customers, we have a couple of customers' cars coming, I think a couple are even coming next week. We're gonna have an electric boosted application using iBooster for their brake system, so it'll be assisted. And assisted brakes just allow you to press on the brake, and then a vacuum or electronics assist your pedal effort, and that's all you're doing. The brake mass and cylinder size doesn't change, it's just an assist, like your regular car when you drive away. And then on power steering, if the need is there, we have two ways of doing that. We can use something like what Toyota did with the MR2, where it's a hydraulic braking system and has an electronically actuated pump that is also based upon RPM and speed. So at lower speeds, it's more into it. And as vehicle speed goes up or RPMs go up, it takes it away so it can feel more natural. Or you can use a gear-assisted application where it's electronic and it helps with the Turning by increasing like gears and also increasing the mechanical leverage when you turn, which is pretty cool Bosh I from Tesla VW are great says Mitch Peterson and Mitch I don't know if you missed it But I just gave you some props earlier on as being a very big influence on me with going with the EV stuff Especially with the chat so guys Mitch Peterson He's the one I spoke to about earlier on today. So thank you so much Mitch for being a great guy. I appreciate that again dude on that note i must depart guys so thank you so much for joining me on this 144th episode of the BC motor tech tuesday next week will be episode 145 and i will announce the winner of the blink charging system the level 2 blink charger so once again go to my post on sunday here on instagram like the post follow blink Tag two of your friends and get into the winning and win that beautiful charger. It's awesome. All right, guys, have a good afternoon. Thanks so much for my joining YouTube. Thanks for joining, guys on uh, my podcast network. Thank you for joining, and I will see you around. Stay safe, guys, and take care. Cheers. Bye bye.